I'm going to talk about weathering the storm a little bit more. How, how, how many are cool with that? Can we weather some more storm? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it could become overwhelming what we're going on in the world today. I, just, I don't know if anybody kind of identifies with that, but there, there's this nagging thing that's it's almost like, man... What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next kind of a thing? And you know, we're not supposed to be in that place. We're not supposed to be uh, susceptible to the, a spirit of heaviness. And you know, what, what, what gets rid of that spirit of heaviness is, is praise. And it's so important when we're praising, you know. Then we have some good, don't you love these songs? I, I just love being able to na na nah at the spirit of heaviness, you know. Just say, watch this. I'm going to praise God. And watch what it does to my spirit when I do that. You know what we're doing? We're putting on a garment of praise. And no matter what's going on underneath that garment, what comes out is praise. Amen? What a privilege we have. So, so I want to talk about weather in the storm. And I'm going to talk about something in particular that is, that is essential. It's kind of like the door to, to even get on the way to an answer. And so um, I was thinking about it with regard to this. So um, uh, I, I've been, I've been uh, teaching my, my little boy to play the piano. So uh, I started playing the piano uh, before I know, kind of like Maybe about the same time I got saved. I don't know. You know, one of those things when you're a kid and you don't even know when it happened. Start learning stuff. And uh, in fact, when I was seven, we moved to Burlington, Colorado, and, and I played this thing called Buzzing Bees for the Rotary Club or something like that. And I just, I just, you know how when you're a little kid, you don't, you're not even self-conscious at that point. You know, you just get up there and do stuff. And 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 I, so from that point, I mean, I've been playing the piano. Now I'm not. I, I I could be a whole lot better. I took four years of personal lessons all through college. I have a level of understanding of playing the piano. I mean, again, I'm not bragging. I should be a whole lot better than I am. It's like, <laughs> in fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that because I should be a whole lot better than I am. But anyway, sitting down with my little boy to teach him piano. We have a little book. You know, they da, 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 you know, that kind of a thing. And, um, and something I noticed that, that, that's very revealing of us just as humans as is that I'm sitting there with the answers to his challenge of playing a piece of music. And as soon as I go to correct him, he goes like this. Leave me a note. I know what I'm doing. Isn't that interesting? It's a very natural response that we have. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. He's a little kid. I've been, I just told you all my experience. Do I have the answer? Yes. What's keeping him from getting the answer from me is his inability to see me as the source of his answer. What is that? Is that... Now, now, over and over again, and, and there's this other side of this, and this is kind of where I want to get to today, is there's another side of it is I don't want him to feel like he can't do it. I just need him to understand that he's going to have to humble himself in order to receive the answer that I have for him. So the door to the way of weathering through the storm is opened by simply humility. And I'm, I'm going to get into this today because it's so, it, it's so critical for us in a lot of areas of our life, but especially what we're going to be going through. This world we're in is, is just flooded with information. And, and it's, it's interesting to me how people can watch one documentary on YouTube and now they're the one with all the information. You know what I mean? And the only reason you don't understand is because you haven't watched that documentary that was from a certain perspective. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very important, and it's very important what you're putting yourself under to be uh, affected by with your humility. Let me get into this because, I, man, there's some really good stuff here. Let's just, can, can we pray before we do? Uh, I just, I'm just so impressed with the presence of Jesus here this morning. 
the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is here. And he, he you know, we, we had a testimony. Mimi shared something here in prayer. He, he's here to move in our lives right now. We've already prayed ahead of time. You know, there's a necessity of prayer to prepare the way. We've been praying for that. The Holy Spirit is here right now. And he's ready to make a change in our lives. It's going to go right to what I'm talking about today. But we have to be open and receptive to it. Amen? Because I believe that while I'm sharing already today, healing has taken place. Revelation has taken place. Salvation. Now, sometimes we just say salvation is just when you initially accept. You know what? Salvation is any time you're getting saved from something that is perilous in your life. Amen? And he came to save to the uttermost those who will just believe. So I'm going to talk about humility today. And I just want to, um, why is it necessary? I've already touched on this a little bit. But even when you go into the definition of, of humbling yourself or humility uh, from the word, it talks about lowering yourself. Lowering yourself. There's a necessity for there to be a lower, if there's a lowering, then there's a possibility of raising yourself also. But we're going to look at what that actually means going forward. But um, what is the necessity of it? It's because the lower you are, the greater the possibility of responding to an offered solution. How many know that, and here's where I want to get to, this, this attitude of humility, is, it's actually a characteristic that we take on. It's not just, it, it, it's not just with, and it needs to be with regard to God on a, there's different levels of it, but it needs to be something that we take on. We actually clothe ourselves, just like we clothed ourselves in praise. We clothe ourselves with humility. What is that where you're saying, I might have something to learn here. There might be somebody else that has something to say. Did you know sometimes you can learn th things from kids? Again, I was with, with Braden at, the, uh, at Twin, Twin Lakes yesterday. I had him out there with Tebow. And, and you know, Tebow, man, he just loves the water. I'm, I'm throwing the, the dummy out there as far as I can. I threw it out there, this one spot, and Tebow's coming back. Braden said, man, Tebow can swim fast. Can't yeah, Tebow can swim fast. He said, do you think we should put some stuff on here that, that would keep the, 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 um, uh, the fleas away? And I said, well... Um, I actually have some stuff that would actually uh, kill the fleas. And he says, now that's kind of harsh. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> that's kind of harsh. But you know what? I had never thought about it like that. I learned something from my child. And when it comes to killing fleas, that's kind of harsh. You know how they can't, they can't open up stuff to you. So the, some of the things they come up with, Braden's come up with, it's like, man, I never thought of that. And you know what? If you're just thinking, oh, they're just a child, I'm not going to. There, there's a necessity for us to ha actually have an attitude. Maybe I have something yet to learn. Okay? So the lower you get, and, and this doesn't mean, <laughs> I'll not get ahead of myself. The lower you get in your estimation in relation to other things, the wider the aspect of things that you can be affected by. So it's necessary, okay? To be in pride about your own assessment is to be in danger of refusing salvation because it is beneath your perspective. So if you are above something, you can be getting the very answer that you need. <laughs> and you can, you can do away with it because you're looking down on it from above. Now men have a difficulty with this a lot of time um, with instructions and directions. From your wife especially. <laughs> But also, in the box that comes with all that stuff you're supposed to put together after Christmas. Why in the world do I need these silly instructions? In fact, they look stupid. They don't even have 
They don't even have any words. They're just pictures. You think I'm just a picture guy? Throw that away. I can figure this out, right? <laughs> and five hours later, you're taking it apart again. <laughs> it's like, I didn't get that one piece in there that I needed to put in there. You know what I mean? It's like you, you cannot be helped by something you're looking down upon. There, there's this necessity of, of <laughs> thankfully, I... Isn't it amazing? It's like after the second time, what, what, how many times do you have to do this that they call you a fool at that point? I don't know. But I think I, I superseded the, the amount of times that were actually allowed. But I think I'm, I'm getting there now. Actually, I really love a GPS. But how many have, have uh, and again, maybe the males can do this better. I don't know. You think, no, I know better than that. This is how you go. And again, five times around the block, then you're finding out that, okay, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and accept the, the, the inevitable here, right? Well, what happens? If you're, if you're up above, you're not going to receive that. There's a necessity for humility, for lowering yourself, right? The lower self is positioned for both accepting and administering help. And this is, this is partly what has to happen. Sometimes when we're wanting to get through the storm, all we're seeing is ourselves. But we don't realize that the lower you get in your own perspective, the more you see somebody around you that might be needing the same answer that you're getting. The higher you are, you get through it. You don't even care about somebody else because you're looking down on them. The lower you get, the, the more valued and honored Everybody else becomes. And it makes it possible to get through the storm. Right? Let me see where I'm at. Oh, boy. Uh, let me just see where I'm at real quick. Can I do that? Can you just breathe a little bit? Okay. All right. I want to go back to this. I, I had a little story that I was thinking about this. Because, you know, our, our uh, we've been having some some hurricanes, and uh, <laughs> there's a story. You might know the story about, about this, this guy. that th This can happen in, in, a, in, a, in an understanding of God. Sometimes we want to put God in a box, and we say God has to do it this way or else, right? And, uh, and, and this is where I think we can really take this to heart today. Uh, you know, the guy's on, on the roof, and, and the flood is, is he's flooding his whole street. And, um, and, and so he has to get on the roof to, to actually get above the water level because it's, it's rising. And so a guy comes by on a boat and says, um, you want to ride? He says, no, God's going to save me. I'm, I, I believe in God. He's going to save me. And, you know, another guy, you, you know this. Another guy comes by on a boat and he says, uh, you want to ride? No. God's going to save me. And then, you know, the water level gets up to where he's standing on the top of the peak and, and the water's right here and a helicopter comes along and drops down the line. He says, uh, do, you, do you, want, you want me to lift you up? And he says, no, God's going to help me. And he gets up to, the, to heaven and, and he says, God, I believed in you. I, I, everything I thought you were supposed to do, you know, why, did, why am I here in heaven and, and, and not saved down there? And he said, well, I sent two boats and a helicopter, <laughs> and you refused them. What happens in our perspective, we'll actually refuse. If we're not in a position of lowering ourselves, we'll refuse the very answer that we need. Now, I'll just get ahead of myself a little bit, but when it comes to the Word of God, we have to be huge about this. I don't know everything. And my experience is not going to preempt the faithfulness of God's word. I'm not going to say because I'm going through something, then God's word isn't what he says it is. Or else I have to adjust my perspective of God's word. We've sang about this this morning. It's, it's very, you've done it again. <laughs> How many times have I gone, gone, gone around this road? How's that, how's that first verse go? <laughs> Walking around these walls, these walls. <laughs> Walking around these walls, I thought they'd fall. If God said something, 
if you're going to get through the storm, because the storm's going to last. The storm lasts for a while. You know, the children of Israel lasted 40 years. It might last a while, and it's not. The, the book of Job was written about this. You might experience something that's very uncomfortable, very painful for a while. What is the biggest temptation in that time? Is for you to adjust your perspective of God's faithfulness. Did you know the, the, in the book of Hebrews, they, it lists all these, all these heroes of faith. Oh, these are the big dudes. These are the guys that really showed the way. You know, they're, they're the ones that have the banners on the wall. You know, when we get to heaven, these are the guys that, you know, the national championship, you know, uh, BC something, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> these are the guys. And you know what? They, they, they died before they actually experienced the promise that they were believing for that whole time. Isn't that amazing? Here is the experience you get in the storm. And, and uh, I like that, that song, I Am Not Alone. In the storm. He's in the waiting, too. I like that other song we sing, right? He's in the waiting. The most important thing you can find when you're going through pain, when you're going through lack, when you're going through something, is you find God and you hang on to God in the middle of it and you'll find a sweetness that you will never find when everything's going great. I was playing a song this morning. I thought my wife might hear it so we could sing this song and it's, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. That's not a sweetness that's happening when everything is great. That's a sweetness that happens. Or like that, like that song, It Is Well With My Soul. What is that? that? That's when a great loss was experienced, wasn't it? It's like, what do you do when there's a holocaust? What do you do when there's, there's something that you're going through that's like, this is unbearable? This is when you find something that God has said and you stand upon that no matter what. And you hold fast. But you're not going to do that if you're not low. The door to trusting in God is lowering your own preconceived idea even about God's word. Are you with me this morning? <laughs> this, is, this is kind of some of that tough stuff, isn't it? But I'm telling you what, this is the kind of stuff that will help us. There's, there's three different translations of Proverbs 18, 12. I just want to read quick. A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. For he won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. God's going to work on our behalf. He's going to be faithful, but he's not faithful to the one who's already written him off. Already said, no, my experience proves he's not faithful. How can he help that? You know what? He doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. He responds to belief. All right, there's another good one, amplified. Haughtiness comes before disaster, but humility before honor. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. That's what happens, doesn't it? You're get, the answer's coming at you and you already are rejecting it because you're above it. This is life. So humility is not insecurity. Here's, here's where I want to go with this too. Because a lot of times when we think of humbling yourself, that you have to, and, and a lot of times when we're told that, we say, okay, I'm going to have to start beating myself up and telling myself I'm not any good. Or That's not what humility is. It's not insecurity. You don't have to start saying, uh, I'm a bad person. It's not putting yourself down. It's lowering yourself, okay? It's not self-conscious. It's not inept self-image. I just can't do anything. It's not self-doubt. It's not lacking in confidence. But it is a positioning. And this is critical. It becomes a positioning that is essential for your own growth, your own strength to get through the storm, and then for your, you know, again, 
what is our what is the purpose of getting through the storm? Just you? It never is. It's always about somebody else. And when the motive becomes not just you, you are more successful at becoming humble. In fact, it, it, they correlate directly. As soon as you humble yourself, you're going to start to care about somebody else more. So positioning below, it's in relation to another perspective. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to be open to some things. Now, I might not accept everything, and we don't need to. And it's an opportunity to serve. When you're below, you'll serve. How, how, how often is somebody being served from somebody above? Rarely. And, and here's something that, I, I, that, that is interesting. It will look like compliance. Here's what will happen when you're underneath somebody. <laughs> and it could be Barney Fife, but it's the law, you know? <laughs> when you're humbling yourself below the law, what are you doing? You told me to do that, now I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm not above the law. Don't you like what these politicians are saying? Nobody's above the law, right? <laughs> and then that's true, except for somebody, some people think they are. And that's why, why is something done against the law? It's because you think you're above it or you're not going to be caught, right? But what does humility look like? It will look like compliance. Now, What, who, what or who you are below is what or who you respond to. Now, on this one, I want to just really, I want to uh, see humility in a, in a different perspective in that everybody has it already. Because however you're pattering your life, however you, how fast you're driving on the road, you're already demonstrating compliance to something that you are lowering yourself below. And you might be the, the biggest bodybuilder with the, you know, with the most natural gifting and everything else. And, and, and you would think, well, that person is all puffed up and in pride. He is to maybe a lot of things, but there's something he's humble before because he has given himself to substances. He's given himself to a pattern of doing something that somebody has told him, this is the way you get bigger. And he said, oh, I'm going to humble myself under that. Everybody is in humility to something already. Everybody isn't clothed in humility. So it becomes very important that you take on an attitude of humility. This last one, it's evidence of a developed love. What is one of the things that 1 Corinthians 13 says about love? It is not the inverse of humility. It's not proud. It's not proud. Now, I love this when I was sharing this about love. These things about love aren't temporary they're they're not they're not compartmentalized everything about love is continuous it's always and so when there is humility it's actually evidence of a developed love because now when somebody talks you're not looking down on them you're gonna you're gonna give them honor you're gonna hear what they say you know even somebody a lot of times when we're having a problem with somebody, we want to put them down because their opinion, their, their perspective in our opinion is wrong. So we want to put them down. But you know what? You lose your capacity to influence them as soon as you look down upon them. But when you have an understanding of where they're coming from, Jesus, even on the cross, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He didn't say, angels come down and beat them up. No, he, he, had, he had a heart. It was love. He was on the cross for love. Right? And Jesus on the cross was below everybody that was crucifying him. He put himself below them. Isn't that amazing? These are some gnarly, ugly guys that do this for a living. 
And Jesus, the Messiah, is putting himself below them. Isn't that amazing? All right. I want to just look at a couple people with regard to this. Are you good this morning? All right. This is good stuff. Numbers 12.3. How many know Moses was humble? If not, you're fixing to know. Okay. Now, Moses was a very humble man. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. So I went and looked at some of this, and some of them were saying, well, he, was, he had so much on him. He had the weight of the whole nation of Israel upon him, and he was brought low because of that. But you know what? He was able to be what he was because he was low also. And you go back and you look at, at where he came from. Was it because he thought badly about himself? Well, he had a problem with God when God first showed up in the wilderness, right? He said, God, I can't do this. I'm not the man. I stutter. I have a problem. It's, and God said, it's not you. It's going to be me. It became a relationship thing with Moses that he was able, he was able to, to, to be a part of delivering a whole nation. To take them through a storm. Out of a storm. Can you imagine a whole nation being slaves? Slavery was a really terrible thing. I mean, it was their lifestyle. It was actually their security too. Which is sad. But there's something that, that happened for Moses. Remember what happened? He, 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 was, he was born and brought up in the castle. In Pharaoh's. In royalty. He, he, had, he was secure in who he was, but he also had this heart for his people. His sister was actually his maidservant, right? She, Miriam, she was the one that, that, that actually brought him up and let him know that his real heritage were these slaves out here that everybody's beaten up on. His heart was to take the people of Israel out of this storm. But what did he try to do? He tried to do it in himself. He said, I'm going to take care of it myself. What was that? That was pride, wasn't it? He tried to take care of it himself. But what's really precious about him is his heart was in a position. Especially after that happened. He got ran out of town, didn't he? <laughs> got ran out in the wilderness. And, and what did he do? Did he go out there and just... Uh, you know, start smoking stuff and just, you know, just becoming a, a hoodlum out there. No, he was actually, a, uh, he actually develop, developed as a, as a herdsman, you know. He actually was, was very helpful to his father-in-law. He, he became, it wasn't like he just abandoned his self-image at all, but he lost his purpose out there until God encountered him. So it was very telling, though, when God did encounter him that he said, oh, he didn't say something like, oh, God, you finally found me. I'm the dude. Right? He said, I'm going to need help. That was his perspective, wasn't it? I, God, I can't do this. I'm going to need help. I need my brother to come help me talk. It, it, so for humility for him wasn't necessarily, I'm, 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 I'm counting this out. It was, I'm... I'm going to need help. I'm below this. I'm below this. I'm not, it, this, this didn't become something where he thought he was so cool because he was the chosen one now. And remember, this happened all the way into the wilderness when he got up on the mountain with God. It's Moses with God. He, he could have started feeling like he had ascended to something, finally arrived. But what did he say? said, God, I have to see you. And we're not going anywhere without you. Amen? He said, I, whatever you say. This is what qualified him. He, be, he became completely in, in compliance with what God said to do. God's telling him to go and stand in front of Pharaoh and to tell him to let his, peop, his people go. This is a big thing to do. God told him to do it. There's no way he would have done it otherwise. But he humbled himself before God. 
And what God said to do, amazing things would happen. Because all he did was comply. Did he come up with something himself? Was it ever something because it was Moses? No, it was always God, but it was Moses in compliance. It was humility that enabled the deliverance of, of Israel. So they get out in the wilderness. And you know how many times he had people not believing in him? He might not have been that charismatic of an individual. Probably wasn't. Why? Because he had whole groups of people just say, he's not our leader anymore. He's not any good at it. And you know what? He never directly opposed any of those people. He never said, you have to obey me because I'm so great. He didn't get up and give, you know, four score and seven years ago. He, he didn't have, he, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have a prompter. You know, it's like, it, it wasn't going to work for him to impress politically. But what did he have? His humility before his God. And when, when, when he had opposition, his God stood up and said, no, this is my man. And that's where this is coming from right here. He married a woman that didn't meet the family criteria. His brother, Aaron, and Miriam, they said, who is Moses anyway? God can speak through us just as well as him. And you know what, Moses, he didn't oppose them. He didn't try to stick up for himself. And what did that do for him? It enabled him. It enabled him to actually carry them beyond the storm that they were fixing to encounter. Because you know what God did? God got upset. He said, I have prophets that I speak through, but Moses, I appeared to. I talked to him face to face. Who are you? Who are you to question my anointed? And Miriam, she became very ill. Right away. God doesn't put up with this kind of stuff. Remember that other, uh, what is the, the, um, the sons of Korah? The, the, the tribe of Korah stood up against it. What happened to them? God opened the earth. They fell into the earth. No, was, Moses, was it because of how great Moses? No, it was because he humbled himself beneath. And here's, here's what, what else happened. This is, this is the heart of Moses that is so evident, that is so uh, critical for us to like take on, <laughs> is what, what did Moses' humility position him for? His own salvation, but also, remember what happened? God was going to wipe out all the children of Israel. He was upset with them. They're one to go back to Egypt. They're one to go back to slavery. Their security and, and, and give up on God and his promise. And you know what kept God from destroying the whole country? The whole nation? It was Moses. Because his heart was even below his people. Even when they're wanting to, to mutiny, even when they're wanting to come against him, he still cares about it. So how, how, what are we going to say to the world that God destroys his own people? He, he, he actually talks to God. Because his heart is humble before God and it's, he's, he's completely clothed in humility. And what that did is it enabled him to be a deliverer for his people. Even his sister, when she became, she took on this, this sickness. She cried out to Moses. She said, Moses, talk to God for us. And Moses did. This was the sister that, that, and, and the brother that were just wanting to, to, to turn him over, you know, to mutiny on him. And what does he do? Why? Because he's never in a position above. He's never in a position above. There's storms that we will not go through until we lower ourselves. In fact, it becomes something that we get as a nature from God. Let me just read this. His humility, his, his position before God and his people, that, that's what his humility was. And it was evidenced in his service. What, what, what was his life all about? Not exalting himself in the least. It was all about doing whatever God said. 
God, you say it, I'm doing it. Except for that one little time. And what, what happened to him as a result of that? He didn't get to go into the promise. But you know what? He never gave up on God even after that. He never cursed God. He never said, God, you shouldn't have done that. Why don't you forgive me? No, he said, no, I don't, I don't deserve it because I, I know I was wrong. He stayed humble before God. There's something bigger than what we're going through right at the moment. It's so much bigger. It's so important that we, we humble ourselves before the truth of God for this moment. Because there's a getting through it, but it's not in giving up on God. Amen? So Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3. And the, and the whole purpose of going through the wilderness was for this qualification of humility. The children of Israel couldn't enter the promised land until they humbled themselves before God. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. See this direct correlation between humility and the keeping of commands? Now, let's just take that a little bit further. Remember what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my command. That's why humility, I believe, is evidence of love. It's a demonstration of love. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of, of the Lord. And what was this? Who, who quoted this later? Jesus quoted that, didn't he? At what time? When he was being tempted to give up and say my experience is negating the truth of God's word. Right? So let's just look at Jesus real quick. Isn't it good to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith? What is faith for? It's for taking us through storms, taking us through difficulties. Amen? So Philippians 2, 5, it talks about this, and it says that, that this is a necessity. Oh, that's what I was thinking of on that previous... <laughs> What, what happened to the children of Israel? They were humbled. Now, I just want to encourage us this morning. There's either a being humbled or humbling yourself. This is the choice we have today. Either we say, God was there today. It was great. I'm just going to go comply with every other thing that I'm humbling myself to in my life now. Or, God, the great I am, is here today. I'm so impressed by his presence that I'm not going to ignore his direction for my life. I'm going to humble myself before that. And here's what will happen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Every person will be humbled if they don't humble themselves. It's a necessity. And it's not just this life. It's beyond this life. Philippians 2.5. In your relationships with one another. And here's the, here's the very uh, way we're going to see this. This is why we come together as a body. You know, we interact with the world. And it's very necessary for us to honor and to, to have, have love and care for people in the world. But there's something about body members. That it's critical for us to exercise this on a very practical level. In, re, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, if we're told to have something, it's almost an implication that we don't already have it. Now, it's accessible to us, but it's something we're going to have to put on. We're going to have to say, okay, that's what I'm going to... On purpose, You know, even, even when it comes to living holy and right before God, you know it's your choice every single time. You choose whether to sin or not. You can't blame it on God. It's your choice. To be humble is your choice. That's why we're told to have this, right? The same mindset as, Jesus, as Christ Jesus. So we're saying, well, Jesus, surely he was in a position to be above everybody else. You know, everybody that, that he, he healed, everybody that he saved, they were, they were kind of like, I don't know, some people might call them deplorables. 
You know, the, 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 the people that you wouldn't consider to be successful, to be somebody that w- would feel great about their life, somebody that's sick, somebody that's demented, somebody that's, that's oppressed. And you know, every time Jesus ministered to somebody, just that, that word ministry indicates a lowering beneath to serve. Jesus is our example, isn't he? In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Now, when you say made himself nothing, was that that he didn't think he didn't know that he was the son of God or didn't know what was accessible to him? No, he he knew full well those things. But he positioned himself compared to the one he was going to serve as nothing so that he he could lift up. Aren't you thankful for that? Boy, this will really help our relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, uh, sometimes we, we have this perspective that when we do something wrong, he's looking down from above, ready to pounce on us, hit us with a sledgehammer. I don't know if, that, I don't know if anybody's relating to this or not, but, but you can kind of have a, a similar thing like that, that you're afraid to go before God because you're, you're feeling like he's up there and I'm down here and there's, there's, no, there's no way of really relating at all. And you know what? He's not, Jesus, he ever, he, he ever lives to intercede. What is that? He puts himself beneath us to lift us up. Amen? It's not that, that he, he becomes nothing in, in, in our perspective of what nothing is, but in relation to us so that he can lift us up. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That was low. That was very low, wasn't it? But this one word in here, appearance, can you imagine how many people experienced Jesus in the flesh and looked down upon him? And didn't receive him for who he was or what he could do in their life. Over and over again. On the way to the cross. He was looked down upon. What did he do? He despised the shame. He didn't allow the shame to cause him to try to rise up in himself. Over it. He despised it. and He said no I have to stay below. I have to stay below. I don't care what they shout at me. I'm not going to rise up and say, don't you know who I am? (laughs) Man, are you getting this this morning? Therefore, God exalted him. Who exalted Moses? God. Who exalted Jesus? God. Who do we need to exalt us? The only way is humility. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. What for? Because in the name of Jesus, you can go through anything. Amen? That's because of humility, isn't it? How do we receive it, though? Not going, get away, I know what I'm doing. Right? We have to humble ourselves to the word of God and say, God says something. Oh, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What was the purpose of Jesus humbling himself and and fulfilling his purpose? It was us. What should be our purpose in humbling ourselves before God so that we can be exalted? It's love. It's love. The, hum, the, the purpose of humility is to demonstrate love. Amen? Our hope in the storm is humility before God and his word. 
Isaiah 66, 2. Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who do what? At his word. What is trembling? A sin. Oh, he says something. How do you know if somebody's in humility by their compliance? You'll know. You'll know if somebody's humble. It's when you tell them to do something. This is the thing, you know. <laughs> when, when it comes to law enforcement, there is a talk that every, every person should get. They talk, they're, they're saying there's a talk that is, that is kind of difficult. But you know what? Everybody, w- when you get stopped by a, a, an officer, you're supposed to get in compliance right away. You're supposed to be, whatever you say, sir, I'm going to do what you say. What is that revealing? That re- that's revealing that you're not in opposition. You're not resisting. What happens when you start doing something, that, acting in such a way? You're going to get resistance. Why? Because you're showing that you, you are flaunting the law. You're flaunting the law. What, what, when, when God tells us to do something and we say, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do anyway, what is that? That's pride, isn't it? And what does God do? He resists the proud. Was it God's fault? Is he a bad God? No, it's, it's because you aren't humble before him. It's like, he says, I made all these things. Don't you know who I am? I made you. And you're going to question me? God says, I'm looking around for somebody that when I say something, they go, that was me he's talking to. Who is that? That's somebody that's humble that doesn't say, I got life figured out. Don't you tell me what to do. I'm already doing this. This is my pattern of life. I'm going to be okay. You know what? You're not going to be okay. And God's trying to save you. He's giving you a way through the storm. He's get, you don't even know the storm's coming. He's giving you a way through that storm. And without humility, you're not making it through. The biggest storm is what the end of this life has to offer. And there's a day of judgment. There's a hell, whether you, in your perspective, think there is one or not. And his word tells us it is. Jesus says there is. There's a consequence. And the the resistance of I already have another way is almost ridiculous when you compare it to what God's way is. And all you have to do is comply. The more you love God, the more you'll be humble before him. The more you love him, the more you will tremble at his word. What what is that? It's not enough to just tremble. The tremble is followed by compliance. Amen? Praise God. Daniel 10, 12. Daniel, he was, a, he was a brainiac, wasn't he? He was somebody that was, was actually, he was exalted. He was, he was considered to be, uh, he, he, was, he was of the ruling class. And yet, before God, in fact, he had, he had, remember the, him and the, and, the, and the Hebrew children, even when they were going to get into the fire, what, how, what was their approach to the ruler? O king. Why? Because they were clothed in humility. They were below the king, but they were also below God. They know they knew the levels of honor that needed to take place. They said, I'm not going to dishonor you. You are above me, but I'm looking at God who's above you. I'm going to do what he says. Amen? But what was critical for Daniel and a, and a promise that we can we can take on right here. This is this is such a wonderful passage. <laughs> Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding. What is that? Setting your mind to gain understanding. That's, that's, the, that's the attitude that I already don't have all the understanding here. I'm in need of what you have. I'll tell you what, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're filled. Those who consider what God has to give them to be above where they're at, they will they will get. Amen. 
He set his mind to understanding and to humble yourself before your God. What happened? His words were heard. And I have come in response to them. There's a response that will come from God when we humble ourselves. Amen? It's critical for us, James 4, 6 through 10. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Who is is it talking to? Just anybody? No, people who have humbled themselves before God. Right? Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. What is that? Understanding that what God said is above where I've been, what I think. I'm not going to allow myself to be comfortable apart from what he said anymore. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. This doesn't sound very uplifting, does it? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. The lifting up that we will, will gratify us without shame, without regret, is the lifting that comes from God and not man. This will liberate us from worrying about what people think about us. Amen? And being in bondage to that, trying to serve what other people think with our lives. Amen? When we humble ourselves before God, and then why is he going to lift us up? I'll tell you what, God is in need today, in our nation today. He's in need of people rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit and being a representative of Christ to this nation. Amen? He's in need of us. Because our nation needs to get through this storm. It's not going to get through this storm with some Mamby-pamby ideology that's based on nothing that's ever worked. It's only going to make it on the power of the Holy Ghost that's based upon a morality that's been established for thousands of years and has never failed. Amen? And it's only going to be affected through us as we humble ourselves before the 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 mighty hand of God and allow ourselves, we need to be exalted for ourselves. No, we need to take a place that's above this storm that we rise to when God takes us there. Just like he took Jesus, just like he took Moses, he wants to take us with a purpose that is beyond us. That is to affect a nation with an answer it will never get apart from God. Amen? Is this good?